Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part two of my conversation with Beata Jones, Professor of Business Information Systems Practice, Neely Distinguished Teacher, and Honors Faculty Fellow at Texas Christian University. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. I think often, you know, when institutions embark on um, these efforts that they may not realize how little students previously have had the opportunity to tell their stories, you know, that they, they, they haven't been asked, <laughs> certainly not in school, right? So often when they, yes. you know, enter higher ed, no one has taken the time to ask them questions like this before. And I don't think that they've recognized that this is, uh, that these stories are things that they're, you know, not only their current teachers care about, uh, but certainly individuals will care about after graduation as they're choosing their next steps. Um, so it, it, you know, it was interesting. You you were speaking a little bit about the the pilot, and you kind of immediately bumped into that, right? You know, like how could it not be this yes. great opportunity so, for you to tell yes. your story? But <laughs> instead, you got that kind of deer in headlights look that <laughs> I talk about often because the students aren't prepared to do that yet. Um, so it's it, and you know, in many ways, I think what through our collaboration with, uh, you know, TCU's um, real drive for students to embrace storytelling and become comfortable with storytelling and talking about who they are and, you know, who they want to be and, you know, even bumps in the road that they might have had. I think all of that really in those early days has helped shift the thinking about how e-portfolios are used within an institution. And there was just this kind of huge shift from, you know, this kind of simple checking off of outcomes boxes to really celebrating the student experience and for institutions to recognize that the more they know about their students, the better that they can serve them while they are at their institution. And the closer relationship that they will maintain with them after graduation, which just, you know, I think helps whole communities thrive. So, but, you know, I think it, it took some institutions and some educators like yourself to recognize that this kind of technology has, you know, can continue to push out what, you know, 
what ways technology was being used within institutions, very different from, you know, the learning management system where you're delivering content to the student and, and doing grading and everything's very course oriented to something that is very focused on really celebrating the, the individual. So um, thank you for sharing this story about your pilot and, and kind of how that informed that next step. And for listeners, I do highly recommend taking a, a look at the um, beautiful um, article that was published in the International Journal B portfolio that we'll link here in the show notes. I'm glad that you mentioned that um, because that's a resource that even though it was published a while ago, is still extremely relevant today and has some very good resources um, that can be used, you know, in your next class for those that are listening. So, uh, so I the other thing I wanted to touch on before, you know, I'm sorry, I know I interrupted you with it a little aside here, but I was curious, you know, was there any kind of um, difficulty introducing this idea of storytelling, you know, you know, you were very specific in teaching in business information systems, which I think most people wouldn't make a connection to storytelling the way that they would, you know, say in writing where you're able to tap into some of the the knowledge of your, your colleague there. So, so what was it? I feel like your journey might be a little different than some in other disciplines that aren't so technology oriented. So uh, I think the storytelling piece grew out of the need for to do in a portfolio for an external audience. So mm-hmm. the minute we start talking about an external audience, we're building, we have to tell a story. That's what we do. If you think about website development in business information systems field, or, you know, we're, we tell our company story, right? We build a brand. So if you take a look at the journal, right, we talk about branding. We talk about what's your brand. It's taking that digital identity and developing a brand and telling your story, what's unique about you, right? So, in um, you know, there's there was a, actually a, a, a book that we used for dummies, believe it or not, uh, in the dummy series uh, on building your personal brand. And we used some of the content for students to, to reflect upon, but it was mm-hmm. a, um, sometimes a rather an emotional journey I'm, I know I'm going a little bit um, into another topic, but that's okay. We did a reflected best self. We did a reflected best self um, exercise for the students, and then we shared what we have found uh, um, from those reflected best self exercises with each other about our strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, it, those were cathartic. Uh, experiences sometimes for the students to be able to see themselves in a new light by uh, people. So um, I I think that 
how can you just report on it and not tell that story, right? It, it has to be a storytelling portfolio. So um, once, again, at that first ABLE conference, looking at samples and how the discussion was framed, coming from business information systems, thinking about portfolio for external consumption and how we have talked about it and taught that um, topic in the courses in our disciplines, I thought that this was critical to add, Mm -hmm. right? So adding the storytelling and using the technology to its full potential. So web is about a connection, right? Web of connections. So using everything that's out there and bringing it to the portfolio, using the richness of tools that are available to, to demonstrate our story, you know, um, mapping tool, for example, right? Showing, not just talking. I, I know that I have uh, colleagues in some disciplines who, who really like words and the, uh, focus on just making sure that it's a beautiful story. But I think that uh, there are some other disciplines where we like to see it visually. So adding visual elements to tell your story, it's more powerful. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's kind of how we, um, the journey from an assessment portfolio initially to, to reflective portfolio. Initially it was all about reflection and all about for the student but then also thinking that for the students to really embrace it, it has to be externally focused. They're, they have to have the motivation. So it was that second semester transition, really. Uh, it's not only how we we pitch it, but what we do that's going to be important for the students. Yeah. And I do think it was um, a, you know, a, a component of that pitch and also this kind of intersection between storytelling and personal branding where, you know, the, there was this design element that was very clear for the e-portfolios coming from your institution where the students were definitely investing time and creativity. And as you mentioned, making use of all the the tools that were available and kind of pushing how they could use that um, visually to support, you know, displaying that personal brand um, and presenting each of the stories. And, you know, these could be stories from activities where they were volunteering or internships or study abroad, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But um, I do think there were some of the very um, early e-portfolios that were just, you know, aesthetically incredible. And again, I think raised the bar across other institutions too, that you know, wow, this is something that, um, you know, students can use to tell that story, but we can, we can go beyond, um, just the words. And I don't mean just that the words are not important, but there's the many elements that they can use to express that story 
that can, um, because of the nature of the web, allow those external audiences to become connected and engaged and, um, you know, may travel through their narratives in in different ways um, than one would if they, you know, were just presented with the link to a Word document, for example. (laughs) Yes. Um, so were the, the students, um, given any kind of design best practices or coaching on the kind of, um, design or visual elements of storytelling as well? Yes. So the digital storytelling with ePortfolios had guidelines how to tell stories digitally with with um, design in mind. But there was also a rubric, an evaluation rubric that was providing guidelines so students uh, knew what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Right? So they that there was a high level of customization that was expected. Okay. (laughs) Right. We would push out templates, right. Mm -hmm. And we would also model in the templates what is expected. Mm -hmm. So we would not initially, of course, we pushed out a generic template because we didn't know any better, but then immediately (laughs) we realized that (laughs) that is not, the best practice. We need to model for the students in the template that we desire them to make their own, to populate with content and tell their digital stories around habits of mind related to our university mission, that that template has to be an exemplar. So there was an exemplar template, there was an exemplar portfolio that was kind of a meta portfolio, right, about mm-hmm. how to do digital storytelling with e-portfolios. And we had an assessment rubric that was providing guidance, kind of taking those elements um, that were presented visually, and maybe some students were not realizing that they were important. So mm-hmm. that was translated into words for them. Yeah. So they understood that spelling matters, putting hyperlinks matters, having mm-hmm. a variety of artifacts that were uh, from other courses and perhaps uh, purposely created for the portfolio using mm-hmm. the variety of free tools that are available for the students. So mm-hmm. uh, that was part of part of uh, the package that was um, provided in the course. And I know uh, it, so quickly, I think once these resources started to become available to the students, you started to see within the institution's ePortfolio directory, all of these wonderful examples now created by students. And I, I felt like year after year, they kept just kind of raising the bar and, um, you know, students being able to see what other students were doing and say, oh, you know, how can I do that? And uh, 
the institution had created that wonderful peer mentor program and uh, student showcases where, you know, not only were the works being recognized by teachers, but were also being celebrated by peers within the institution. And, you know, I know from my own children that the opinions of the the peers can go so far. (laughs) Yes. Oh, we know that. So much further than the opinions of the faculty. (laughs) So again, I think it, you know, we talked a little bit about the spirit of the institution. And I think that that kind of peer support and motivation and um, guidance, you know, students were involved in, um, you know, supporting students within kind of the ePortfolio lab environment, but we're also going out into classrooms and doing workshops. And um, I just, I, I marveled at also just the leadership opportunity for the students that were involved with that and had the opportunity to invite um one of the students to speak at the um, American Association of Colleges and Universities uh, about their e-portfolio. And as part of her, I would call, she kind of had her own meta-folio because it linked to other portfolios that she had created (laughs) that were specific to, uh, I think she had two different study abroad experiences possibly, or maybe there was one that she created for the whole group. And then she had her individual one. Um, and it was just wonderful to see the the student, you know, really celebrating their accomplishments and what they were learning and how they were also paying it forward to other students and ended up inspiring a, a, a number of other institutions to follow a very similar um, approach and recognizing the importance of story and personal branding and the various audiences that may be looking at um, and interested in learning more about these fantastic students. Um, so I did want to talk a little bit about um, the e-portfolios and their connection specifically to study abroad for you. Um, I had the opportunity to learn from um, Tracy Regstrom um, a couple of years ago, and she was sharing this fantastic book. Um, I believe it's Teaching Through a Prism. Uh, I'll share that in the show notes too. And I, I often bring this book up to other institutions, whether they're doing study abroad or not, because it's another resource that is just packed full of incredible reflection prompts that can, you know, just be tweaked and changed a little bit, I think, to really work in any kind of discipline. Um, but I'd love to hear how, you know, you started to incorporate e-portfolios into the study abroad experience. I know that there is a, a bit of a gap with the pandemic and 
life. (laughs) 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 But I'm excited that that it's being utilized again. And maybe even now as you're utilizing it again, and there have been, you know, different versions of digication that have rolled out how it's um, currently being used and maybe how it might be different than how you used it in uh, initially within study abroad. So initially my study abroad experience focused around um, not a course, Mm -hmm. but a three week honors experience called cultural pathways in Eastern Europe. Warsaw, Krakow, Budapest, and Prague. So students, by completing the study abroad experience, would have some of their honors program requirements met, but they would not receive credit. But it was supposed to, and there was a maybe financial reason for why we were doing this the way we were doing it, but we still wanted to have a rigorous experience and students uh, were promised that they would develop intercultural competence and knowledge yes. through the study abroad. So as you mentioned, PRISM in Tracy Renstrom Williams' book, um, I've worked with Tracy starting, I want to say, for the I used her curriculum for the first time in 2011, and we were using blogs. Mm-hmm. Blogger, I believe, the first time we were using to push out the curriculum to the students, and it wasn't pretty, but it it worked. Um, Then in 2013, once we got the ePortfolio, that was actually my first uh, come to think of it experience with ePortfolio in the summer of 2013. I used Digication to push out a template for that particular program. So all of the curriculum, right? We had a portfolio for the program that was kind of like a website that talked about logistics, what we were going to do and uh, who would, who are the students that are studying and where are their portfolio. But mm-hmm. then their portfolio were developed based on a template that we put together and it in, embedded Tracy's PRISM model for developing intercultural competence. So we had the prompts, as you mentioned, some resources, and there were eight different blogs that students were putting together. But of course, we build an e-portfolio around goals and self-assessment, self-reflection. So we were able to measure their intercultural competence growth with instruments as well as through their reflection in the portfolio on the six different competencies that were uh, directly built off of the value rubric, AAC and U value rubric that focuses on building intercultural competence and knowledge. So uh, really well-researched, sound basis for developing intercultural competence and the students really loved it. So over the years, uh, I I had that experience available to students every two years, 2013, 15, 17, 19, we did not go. And then uh, now I'm using it more in a a four credit course 
focus on global digital innovation. So this summer, I used the, the new digication, also rolling out a template around uh, intercultural competence building, but also around course outcomes that we were hoping to achieve while we were studying abroad uh, related to global digital innovation uh, that students were mostly completing after the trip. So most of the time while we're in country, we're experiencing, for us, it was London um, 24-7 and students have an opportunity to take notes and use blogs if they want to, to blog about their experiences uh, to other external audiences. But then they were also blogging for the purpose of the course. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the first time we used it. So as you as you can imagine, we've learned a lot how to do things better, yeah. and um, certainly certainly uh, plan on uh, being m- more intentional about providing more guidance. Again, it all comes to guidance. It's you need to spend time with students, and you need to tell them why it's important. What's the benefit of their uh, putting the effort to tell the story digitally and doing it well. So oh, I, I think in terms of this this year's experience, the portfolios were fine, They're, uh, but they could tell the digital um, the digital piece, right? The, the variety of tools, the, the writing for the web with hyperlinks that could have been enhanced had we put the time up front to to do a little workshop with the students, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's some elements of study abroad where you're um, navigating this kind of in the field part of the experience and then um, kind of connecting that to reflections that may be happening after the fact as well. So it does take some experimenting and I'm excited to see how it will evolve with some of the the new tools that we have available also. When is your next trip? So uh, my next trip actually is in a different course and it focuses on global business with an ethical lens in Sicily in May of 23. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we'll we'll have to connect uh, after this conversation and make make some plans for that that also. Um, and so, when um, you're using it with uh, study abroad, um, what are some of the stories that um, have really resonated with you that may have come out of the? Um, experiences that students have? What are some of the things that maybe kind of common themes that students are are speaking to having these experiences for many that maybe their first opportunities being abroad? Yes. What stands out to me is how surprised they are uh, about their experiences. So whether it's something as simple as their ability to navigate the city on their own, to mm-hmm. do to be wherever they want to be at a certain time, um, you know, 
we live in Texas, we drive everywhere. So this is their first opportunity, unless they lived in large metropolitan areas for most of us in the US, you know, we, we drive. So for many of them, that ability to be able to figure out the subway system, the bus system, using their apps on the phone. And um, I read a lot of that reflection. Uh, the cultural clashes, we ask mm-hmm. for as many, we ask the students to find out about the American culture, what are the perceptions and uh, perceptions of, of locals of their own culture. So some of the surprises that come by asking the students to have those conversations with their peers in, in environments that they visit. Um, it, it's always uh, the elements of surprise and how they're, they're growing from those experiences and the implications of the study abroad programs and how they're going to embrace the world differently. So for example, this, this summer, we also were on a study abroad in the global business with an ethical lens in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And the students were just really overwhelmed by the sustainability and how the local, the, how their peers embrace the whole idea of sustainability concerns for climate change and you know, some of the, I've received uh, multiple emails from my students asking, you know, hey, could I connect again with this particular speaker? Because I would like to do something on campus that's similar. So yeah, yeah. those study abroad, again, the e-portfolio allows us to capture reflections that we would have never known about the impact of our experiences that we have put together that very often are kept private, right? Unless they're part of telling their story. Yes. Yeah. And I think too often lost if they're not captured at the time that we're, you know, having these kind of pinnacle experiences. It was wonderful to hear that the students have wanted to, bring some of these new ideas or embracing some of those cultural differences and trying to bring some of that here, um, especially in terms of climate change. That's wonderful. Glad to, to hear that. Well, I know we've reached the end of our time. And I just wanted to thank you again so much for sharing your story and and joining me today. I can't wait to share this with the community. Oh, my pleasure, Kelly. It's always a pleasure to chat and um, we could be going on. I have a lot of ideas just from um, chatting with you, wondering. I have been somewhat not as vested in the able community in the recent years. And I um, just wonder about all the new and exciting tools that are out there and how the e-portfolio now could, uh, could be, you know, what could be the next digital storytelling e-portfolio for personal brand development, right? Giving yeah. the, the next decade of tools that have evolved. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you 
for making me think. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And um, I'm excited to continue that conversation with you. And we'll have to talk again soon. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Bye. This concludes our conversation. To hear our next episode, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The Digication Scholars Conversation series is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative ePortfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.